Well, and we're on. Yeah, sweet man. We're rolling. Well, thank you again for making the time and doing this with us. Uh, we've learned a lot from you over the years, and we just want to kind of introduce everything you're doing to our audience. So, do you want to give us like a background in yourself and what you're up to right now? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, you know, thanks for having me on. It's you know really looking forward to catching up with you guys. It's been a long time, and uh, yeah, yeah, really you know appreciated watching you guys grow as well. So. Um, yeah, uh, as far as what I do, um, I'm just a, a total uh, nerd for movement, and I love, uh, I've always loved movement. And um, you know, ever since I got into the fitness industry, I was just trying to find ways to keep fitness um, engaging and interesting, and just try to try to uh, uh, stay pain free and injury free, and, and keep moving in all the ways that I love. Uh, so that's kind of always been my mission and it's kind of brought me to what I'm doing now. And, you know, my brand movement parallels life. Uh, I try to give people some inspiration to reclaim play and just more, um, more movement in their everyday lives. So that's kind of, there's a lot to it. There's a, uh, you know, so many different aspects to it, but really that's the broad mission. I just want to help as many people as possible. Um, feel feel playful again and feel confident and empowered to move in any environment mm. so i if correct me if i'm wrong but you have a degree in psychology right that's right so yeah i've, I've always it, been yeah. i've always been interested in in psychology and in uh relationships how how we kind of show up in the world and for me i think that you know movement is a has a lot of of similarities or for me the lessons that i've learned through fitness and through movement have a lot of uh carryover into my everyday life so there's always this ongoing connection between movement and life for me that's awesome yeah uh, the psychology of movement is something that me and nate talk about all the time and I'm curious to know if were you uh, already into movement and sports before you had interest in psychology, or was it the other way around? Uh, pretty much uh, concurrent. Um, you know, when I look back at my childhood, and I think that you know those are really formative years. So to understand what happens in our 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 early years in our story, um, you know, has a, a, a big impact for where we're at today. And for me, I always loved moving as a kid, like most kids, I loved running around and climbing on things. And, um, you know, it was just, just my, my nature. Um, and I was also endlessly curious about people. And I think that was primarily because I grew up as an only child. There wasn't like a, a neighborhood gang of kids around. I had a lot of alone time. So I was constantly curious about, well, how are people and how am I supposed to be in this world? Um, and so my, my interest in psychology was, you know, sparked off at a young age, just just for my own curiosity of wondering like, uh, you know, how, how does the world work? How, with so many different people and personalities in the world, like how does this all, uh, how are we supposed to be? So, you know, those two things kind of have been running side by side throughout my whole life. 
Did you did you uh, feel like you had a very active imagination since you had so much free time? Because I, I myself had a lot of like kind of alone time, and I'm like. I was just always in my head, like coming up with these totally fantastical things. <laughs> and yeah. I think that's carried over a lot into like my adult life. Yeah. Um, I, it's funny that you say that. And I think some ways, yes, some ways, no. Um, I've come to realize in the last few years that my mind doesn't create these really vivid pictures. So I don't know, you think about kids and their imagination and you think of them like concocting these, you know, uh, you know, epic fantasy worlds, uh, in situations Mm -hmm. like that. My mind doesn't really work like that. Um, but I, I, I guess I, it, it forced me all that free time forced me to find ways to keep myself interested and engaged without, without relying on other people. So I didn't always have people to play with. I didn't always have, um, I did sports, but, uh, they weren't like a focal point in my, my life. Uh, I spent a lot of time just playing by myself. And I think that's translated to my approach to fitness now. So there was a lot of creativity in terms of figuring out like, well, I don't have a, I don't, I may not have access to all the equipment or, you know, all the people necessary to play these formal sports or games, but I can figure out ways to explore my environment and explore movements in in different ways and keep myself entertained and engaged. And I find that that's something that a lot of people struggle with. And uh, as a coach now, it's something that I work with people on in terms of, you know, how do you, um, how do you you lower the barrier of entry to bringing more play and movement into your life? Yeah, that's it's cool to hear you say that because I think that really reflects your style of movement. Like a lot of your YouTube videos on movement parallels life. Like you're just on the floor doing all this crazy stuff and like moving all ranges of motion. You got your your necks moving, wrists, shoulders. Like you're just engaging all these different parts of the body. And it's not very traditional in a sense. Like it's not like sports specific or it's not weightlifting. You know, it's just right. literally moving. And you it's it's so cool to see that. And I think it does help the the brain create new things. If you're moving in these creative ways, you're gonna get new ideas about other things. And breaking out of movement habits, I think, is a really big obstacle for people to overcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you. Um, you know, I try to keep those videos again in, in talking about lowering the the barriers to entry, you know, I figure that if I I can share a workout that, that you don't need any equipment, it's just it's just you on your mat in your own little space, then that maybe that's something that invites people to to try out the movements and not necessarily having to put a, an exact uh, purpose behind them, but just say, let's explore these movements. Let's refine them over the course of time. And, you know, let's see how that contributes to these different elements of your fitness, whether it be better cardio or better range of motion and mobility or strength and stability. I'm looking at all these different qualities behind our fitness, but can we build those qualities in a way that's a easy and doesn't take a ton of equipment or time out of your day? and um and b is is also interesting and playful it's not something that you're going to get bored with easily but it's always going to going to keep you present and keep your mind and body challenged together 
How how do you see like intuition fitting into that? Because a lot of the movement that I've seen you do, you know, you you often talk about like just letting the body speak for itself, like just like mm-hmm. following intuitive rhythms and like following that flow. But how do you kind of teach someone that? Do you feel like they need to know the skills first or can they start intuitively or is it a little bit of both? I think it's practice. And, and I, um, it's a, it's, it's a fine line to balance. I want to provide guidance and structure to these movement practices, which um, from the outside looking in, even from the inside looking out, sometimes they're just kind of weird. You know, I'm moving in uh, different ways. There's not as much structure to it as say pure calisthenics or weightlifting, where it's just like, here's the exercise, do it, you know, with this form for this number of sets and reps, we want to start to expand that and get outside the box, but it's still very important to have some structure and guidance there. At the same time, I try to balance that with the message that it's okay to explore these movements and play because the more you start adding variation to your movement patterns, the more data points you have for uh, all these different, you know, all the different possibilities in movement. Mm -hmm. And it's from those data points that over time, you're able to start understanding what works best for your body. And it's in that, that the intuition grows. So you don't get better at listening to your body unless Mm. you practice listening to your body. However, so much of what's what's offered out there in the world of fitness is meant to be very easily digested and very uh, formulaic. So you don't have to think, you just put your body through the motions. And I won't say that there's no value to that, but I I look at it from the standpoint of sustainability and also just making it fun and engaging. We want to have that that challenge to be a combination of, of physical and mental. So to be able to get outside the box, challenge your movements, play a little bit, try some things, mess up, make mistakes. That's all a part of this learning process. Um, and it can be, ch- there's definitely some, some emotional and psychological challenges behind that, but the benefits come, um, from, you know, just greater physical ability and capacity, uh, greater mental agility. And like I said, just being able to, reframe movement in a way that's more playful, more fun, more engaging, and you'll be more likely to stick with it. So, you know, all those pieces um, come into this balance and, and, you know, why I talk so much about intuition or listening to your body. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think um, like going back to the psychology of movement, if someone is already stressed and if they're having like a, a long day and they're at work, um, it's going to be hard for them to be motivated to exercise because they're like, oh man, like I'm already stressful. I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to have to do this. And so they like put it off. But it's like if you can find an activity that's fun and you want to do it, then you're gonna, you're actually going to do it. You know, like you're not going to just put it off and be like, no, I'm not going to make time for it today. It's like, oh, I want to do jujitsu. I want to go do some movement. I want to do some parkour. I want to go crawl around on the floor. It's like you're going to end up doing it. And I think there's more benefit if you enjoy it instead of like look at it as just fitness and calories and like bench press. You know, it's just like you got to move outside the box, like you said. Right. We make so many, we have so many responsibilities and so many decisions to make on a day to day basis. It's my hope for people that they're 
the time they spend doing something physical or workout, or exercise, moving, whatever you want to call it. I hope that that time is time that is, you know, for you to restore yourself. You can look at it that way, or you can look at it as another, another thing to do, another responsibility, another thing that you had to check off your list. So I think it's very powerful to reframe the experience around something that's, that's fun and engaging. And even if you're, the thing that's fun for you is something like, um, Let's like skiing, snowboarding, rock climbing, something that might not be immediately accessible to you. You can still, you can still work, um, work on your fitness to develop your abilities around those activities. And you can still find ways to kind of bring in the same playful elements into your everyday routine. So again, I think it's going to require a little bit more work. Uh, a little bit more attention to the process, but I think it's totally possible to make that time that you spend for your workout, time that you spend for your uh, self care or self uh, development as well. The, you know, it's there's only so many hours in the day, so we might as well stack that that hour or half hour, whatever much time you have, with uh, as much positive benefit as possible, physical, mental, and emotional. Mm. I like that. It makes me think about how it's it's okay to enjoy to literally just enjoy training, enjoy movement. You know, you don't I've always, you know, there's this kind of there's an idea in like the fitness, health and wellness industry that's like, "Oh, you need to be like training for something. You have to have a sport, you have to have something that the training is." I'm like, "Well, why can't you just train to feel good because it's fun?" You know, like I think that's totally appropriate for if and like that's like people should be okay with that idea. They shouldn't feel like they have to be doing it for something necessarily, other than the fact that they might just enjoy it. Yeah, I totally agree. I remember I think back to my first few uh, jobs in the fitness industry as a personal trainer, and all the you know, how personal trainers are taught is that you kind of like you you push your clients to have a goal. So, you know, they've got something that they're working on. So they sign up for personal training and, you know, that's, that's how you sell. You always like, you get people to attach to a goal and that, uh, never fully sat right with me sitting with a person and kind of asking them what their goals. And I can tell they're just kind of telling me what they think they should say or what they think I want to hear. Uh, mm. A lot of the, the goals became very generic. Well, I want to be able to run this distance or I want to be able to lose this amount of weight or I want to, you know, these typical markers of what, what success or improvement would mean. And I, from my background in psychology, which a lot of that work is predicated on asking questions, listening and building a relationship you know, I started to look at it a different way and, and thought, well, what if we just pump the brakes on the goal setting process? What if we get into movement, build some familiarity around the basic tenets of movement, health, and fitness, build some trust in the relationship, and then let the goals kind of emerge organically from from that relationship and from that experience. Because if you're not familiar with fitness or anything in movement, how are you supposed to effectively set a goal that's, that's 
meaningful and that you can stick with before you really even know what the landscape is of you know what's what's all involved in in making these goals happen so i think a lot of people fall into the trap of setting goals or striving for goals that aren't actually their goals they're just kind of the 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 preconditioned uh things that we're 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 taught to say that you know we we should be striving for in fitness Mm. so i do things a little differently um and it's not uh it's it's not for everybody like people who are really type a kind of have a hard time with this type of approach but again i'm coming at it from the standpoint of how can we make fitness sustainable how can we make it a way of life um and something that doesn't always require willpower and discipline, but is something that's truly enjoyable and you're getting more out of it than just burning calories. You're also, um, you're, you're also tapping into some of the deeper elements of it. I think a lot of times people try and quantify fitness based on like physical markers of health. But as you know, like it, there's more than just physical health. There's mental, emotional health, you know, there's um, like relational health. And so that's mm-hmm. why I think kind of helping people realize all right, movement isn't all just about physical wellness. It's about mental, emotional, spiritual, all these other aspects of movement. And in order to do that, you kind of have to break out of the box. You have to get out of the gym to do that. You know, like you can't yeah. really, it's hard to get mental and emotional wellness when you're like at a squat rack. I mean, you can. Like, I get it. <laughs> you can, you can, but you have to be at a certain level. But yeah, like, yeah. I think there's benefit too to being out with a group of people in nature, having fun, doing some cool stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, and that's that's the beauty about taking fitness out of the picture and just moving. Yeah, I think our the our, our, you, you train in a gym. If you confine all of your movement to the gym, then you start to think like the gym you start to think in terms of the gym you start to your your practice of movement gets confined to the space of a gym which is okay there's so many options within a gym space but then you often overlook the the relational side of things or the practical side and um yeah, I think what I really want is to just help people balance out the picture, to understand that fitness isn't all about exercise and it isn't all about the gym and um, to find, to, to, to bring it back to movement and to just understand that movement is the way that we, um, or our body is our vehicle for navigating this world, this life that we have. And it enables us to work, to play and to, you know, enjoy any, uh, recreations, things that we find interesting. Uh, the, the more capable we are of moving well, the better, the richer our lives are going to be. So fitness is just a small aspect of that. And if you get into movement, then the gym is a great place to go, but just want to, draw awareness to the fact that the gym isn't the end all be all it isn't where movement starts and ends um it's simply a place where we practice movement but we can practice movement at home outside we can practice it with with people or without people um the practice of movement can even be done in stillness and can can be done um um very very slowly or without being very dynamic or high energy at all like movement is so many different things and i just want to want to be able to make that full picture more accessible to people 
Mm, I like that because it, you know, I'm a big proponent of the idea that you're, you are shaped by your environment. Mm. And if you, if you subscribe to the thing that's like, oh, like I have to go to the gym and that's where movement starts and ends, yeah. then that's where you're, that's what shapes you. You know, that is shaping you in addition to all the time outside of the gym when you, you now are like, all right, movement switch has been turned off. I can go back to sitting like shit in my chair or doing whatever, you know, like all of the other stuff just falls away and you still end up, or you most likely end up with, you know, aches and pains and not meeting your goals because it hasn't been incorporated into the lifestyle. It's a separate thing. Yeah, it is. It's a separate thing. And, you know, just to be transparent, like I've fallen into this all the time, especially, uh, you know, being in the Midwest, uh, we've got four distinct seasons. So they're from about, let's say January, February, uh, March, April, (laughs) for the most part are indoor times. Um, that's where I'm doing, I'm doing most of my training, uh, in a gym or in a, uh, or at home. And it, 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 it's not bad, but my think the way that I think definitely changes from being in an indoor environment. Um, and too much time at the gym, I get really hung up on the sets and reps and the structure of things. But when the summer months roll around and I'm outside the, the, the the my mindset naturally shifts and i'm exploring more different types of movement there's more walking more running more play at the park um different types of activities that i wouldn't do in the winter months or indoors because there just isn't enough space um and all of these factors that are dependent and regulated by the environment um they the, there, there's a big shift throughout the year for me. And I really appreciate that. It, again, it's just all about balance because I love my time in the gym, but I, at a certain point, <laughs> you know, after, after about, uh, it happens about like late January, February, I'm just like starting to get really, uh, ready to be outside again. And there's still a lot of weeks left. And now, now it's, beginning mid-May, um, I'm able to get outside again consistently. And you know, I can already just tell my experience is so much different. I have a new energy to to my training because I'm able to access a new environment. And that in the new environment, the outdoors, just helps me come into a different mindset about uh, around movement. Are there a lot of winter sports where you're at or like winter activities? outside or not really (laughs) (laughs) um um ice fishing and drinking okay Um, (laughs) i mean you're in wisconsin right i'm in wisconsin so so (laughs) long long winters but not necessarily people do cross-country skiing and you know people do their best to be outside but as far as like skiing and snowboarding there just isn't the geography to yeah uh, you know the we don't have access to that it's it's generally more flat here. So uh, that makes winter a challenge because there's just not as much to do. And I'll get outside as long as I can until the brutal winter really hits in February Mm. uh, or so. Um, And then there's a few months of just kind of being cooped up. And then it's like 
this time of year getting back outside is like a is like an explosion because there just isn't that much um it's not that inspiring to be outside year round here mm, yeah i know how that goes when it's just like super, like man i want to go outside and do some movement or like kettlebell swings at the park but there's snow so it's like damn, i'll just stay inside <laughs> yeah <laughs> unless you're so roaring I'll just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> unless you're roaring right yeah <laughs> But I mean, at the same time, like that's kind of the beauty about the seasons. Like that's a time to go more inward and like maybe meditate and read more, like focus on sleep and like eat more food. Um, so I think that there are beauty to seasons, but it definitely impacts training. And I think that's another reason why like depression for a lot of people is so high in the wintertime because it's like they're not moving and they're not getting vitamin D, like two critical elements that I feel really impact your health. And I know for sure movement impacts my mood a ton if i'm cooped up and like not able to move i'm just like ah oh, like irritated and agitated yeah i it, it's it's been a rough a rough stretch for the past uh years so. six, six, yeah, yeah yeah but the the past six to eight weeks um like i said for me my experience is getting to um getting into like March and just hoping like, all right, like there's the weather is getting nicer. We're on the upswing, but there's still uh, six to eight weeks before it's going to be consistently nights outside. And that's when I really start um, climbing the walls. I'm really starting to lose it. And yeah, mm -hmm. I need to, I need to get outside. Um, but I will, uh, I totally agree that there's a beauty in, the ebbs and flows that happen naturally throughout the year and every season brings a different type of energy. And it's just some, when you, when you're being asked, when, when life is asking you to slow down and internally, you just want to like go and you've I've been cooped up for, you know, a year plus at this point. Uh, it, it's, it's hard to, it, it's hard to roll with, with the seasons it's hard to roll with the the flow sometimes but again that to me is one of the big lessons in movement is to be adaptable and to make the most out of the circumstances that are at hand so it's like again if the if the gym you can have it your way um uh, whenever you want unless some bro is curling in the squat rack. You can pretty much do whatever you, <laughs> you can do whatever you want, whenever you want to do it. But to, to roll with the, with kind of this minimalist or primal approach where you're just kind of, kind of make do with what you have around you. Uh, I think that there's a lot of value long-term uh, in, in that, uh, but it's, it's challenging too. Mm. You kind of said it before too, like using the winter, like I'll use the winter to really build myself up more in that structured way. Like get yeah. maybe as strong as possible or as more flexible or whatever. Cause I have kind of the time and I could go into the lab, you know, the movement lab and do it. But then as soon as, yeah, May summer rolls around, I'm like, I just want to go on walks. I just want to go hang out outside and climb, like scramble rocks and just mess around. Like there, I want to like use everything I built in the winter for that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think through all of that, it's like, it's, it's adjusting, making those adjustments. And I would say the same, and I love my time in the gym, but when I look at what makes me the happiest, it's 
it's the stuff that's coming up in the next few months for me. It's it's being out and and under the 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 sky and the clouds and the sun and the trees are super green right now and the temperature is perfect. It's there. That to me is like the the full experience of movement to be outside and to be in my environment and to just be doing my thing without um, without feeling that the need to grind at it but if so many more options do i want to run do i want to walk do i want to bike do i want to lay in a hammock do i want to throw and catch do i want to be in the grass or do i want to be on the blacktop do i want to ball do i want to stretch like so many more options and um but in all of that i just feel like a kid again and that is um is is as far as the year goes like that that's when i'm at my like healthiest mindset Mm. So what's an ideal day look like for you then in the summertime? Like um, morning routine, what you're doing, all that stuff. I would, I would wake up and go f- just, just wake up and go for a walk, you know, a mile or two and, uh, come back, have some coffee, um, work for a little bit, but not go too far down the rabbit hole and then get outside again around midday and spend, you know, midday to, um, you know, kind of late afternoon, maybe, um, moving around, uh, filming, filming some things that I can share with, with, you know, people out there and also just get my body moving as well and play, um, take some downtime in the, the mid to late afternoon. Like I said, if I can put my hammock up and rest, allow my mind to rest, um, I, I, that's one of the things that's really challenging for me is turning off. Um, oh, so to be able to slow down you. is, oh. uh, is huge is and, um, uh, oh, make some man. dinner, chill out for the evening. And, uh, that would be my best day. That's funky. He's going to be back on. Yo. Yo. Okay. There we lost go. lost you for a sec. That's a weird. little, a little hiccup. It's all no right. Problem. We're still recording. Yeah, so we're still on. So yeah, no worries. Um, so you, you cut off right when you said hammock. If you can get that hammock up, I <laughs> <laughs> hey, get that. Get the hammock up, and, and I was just saying the importance of slowing down. And mm-hmm. um, I think that the, the the pace of life really conditions us to always be like working, always be chasing the next thing, always be grinding. Um, and that's something that I've really as a uh, you know being self-employed and, you know, kind of having an entrepreneurial, uh, energy, you know, I, f- I find that very much. I'm always trying to tr- always got to be working, always got to be doing something. So I challenge myself to take an opportunity to slow down and, and just lay and breathe and, and take a nap. And that's been so, uh, it's been kind of a recent practice for me, but one that's been really nourishing. So, you know, take a little hammock nap, go make some dinner and, you know, maybe just kind of coast into the rest of the day, but that would be my perfect summer day. And that would, that to me would represent this balance between working and and getting, um, you know, staying on my grind and on my mission, but also um, taking the time to, to savor the goodness in life. Mm, Yeah. And you mentioned taking a nap, Uh, like for me, I'm starting to realize too how important it is to kind of like lay low and chill out. And that's one thing I've been trying to like work on is like learning how to sleep. 
<laughs> it's like, it's crazy. I've had to like, I've spent so much time training and learning new movements, new skills, you know, uh, like learning some weightlifting stuff, kettlebells. But now it's like, now I need to like focus how to sleep and just relax. And like, it's like a new skill set that I have to kind of acquire. And I feel like a lot of people are in that same boat where it's like movement and training are awesome, but so is rest and recovery. And I feel like we don't give ourselves enough opportunities to rest and relax. Yeah, I'm totally right there with you. And especially with the whole pandemic going on, uh, we've been forced to slow down and rest. I think there's been a lot of resistance to that. And and everyone was kind of forced to slow down, but that didn't mean our minds slowed down. I don't think that that all of us or most of us even really – had a really hard time accepting like this is the state of things it's not going to be forever but you can take this time to chill out um and learning how to ease into rest um it requires time and a shift in our own energy and own mindset so i think that's a skill for myself i know that that's a skill that i have to continually practice because i'm constantly looking around for ways to busy myself ways to to occupy my mind and if i'm left alone with with my own thoughts too long then it can become unsettling because it's like ah, i should be doing something or my brain starts swirling and um and that can be torturous. I think we've all experienced that sometime um, in, in the pandemic era. So um, yeah, it's yeah, it's so much easier to enjoy the stillness when, again, it's like you know, seventy-five degrees and sunny. Yeah, I feel like it's always still, but we just have to like recognize that it's <laughs> like that. <laughs> well, all of that that chaos that's. Uh, bringing up, it's, I think it's like an old Chinese proverb, and it's the ghost of 10,000 generations speaking through you. And so it's all of the generations prior to us that were in fight or flight survival mode for most of human existence that are like, you need to eat food right now. You need to snack. You need to get all this stuff in. You got to do stuff. You got to accomplish things. But now we're at a place where you don't need that. So those ghosts of the 10,000 generations are just they're like screaming in your mind and your cells, but you're like, no, 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 no. Like everything's actually okay. Like I'm 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 chill right now. I'm safe. I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take a nap. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna take a nap. Uh, and then especially the, the, to, Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, yeah, that and, and that and the ghost of ten thousand social media posts as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That are just yeah. so, you know, this constant <laughs> chatter and this yeah. constant, like all these voices that and and all this energy that's just kind of pushing us to to consume more things, look at more things, think about more things. It's just chaotic. So yeah. that stillness is accessible. It but you know, can we train our own uh uh, ourselves and and train our inner state to to slow down and 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 receive that stillness and and harmonize with that stillness it's um it's difficult so do you feel like you're pretty pulled into social media sometimes because you have a good presence on there and you have a lot of great content on youtube and instagram and do you try to just post it and be like all right i'm i posted i turned it off i'm no longer gonna be drawn into this or do like, what do you post and you're like, Oh, what's this person up to? And you kind of get sucked into it. Um, I do my best to stay off social media, knowing that I have to be on social media to, to 
get my brand out there. Uh, it's very taxing. I'm a private person. Um, and I want to, I want to share things and I love the connections that can be made there, but it can be overwhelming. So I try not to fall down the rabbit holes. Um, you know, I, I definitely don't hang out on YouTube. I, uh, I try to post consistently on Instagram, but, um, yeah, I, as far as when I start scrolling, I just try to try to try to jump off and not prolong it but there's a lot of time already spent thinking i'm already thinking about like what i'm gonna post and like you know corresponding with people and like it, it does take a lot of time and i noticed that you know after weeks months after that compounds it really weighs on me and i need little breaks from from content creation because it's very exhausting yeah, I, I mean, I did a simple thing. I just moved the app like all the way to like a, a hidden box, like at the end of my screen and my phone. And literally, yeah. I would catch myself like, like trying to press where it used to be, and I'm like, oh, it's Google Maps now, like, <laughs> you know. And so that would it would move it, and like there there is like a demonstration of you know movement habits of things that your body is doing without you even realizing it or your mind's doing without you even so realizing crazy it. yeah yeah <laughs> i'm like your Whoa. thumbs know your thumbs know right where that app is it's it's nuts it's crazy yeah and so i just moving it around has been something i do and i'm like oh and then when i catch myself i won't seek it out i'm like oh that wasn't actually i wasn't actually trying to use it i was just like filling a void really quick yeah, I, I read this article. Right. <laughs> I read this article the other day, and it was on how like we can no longer like truly go on vacation anymore because like generations past, like you go on vacation, like your work can't get in touch with you. Like if you go camping, it's like you have no access to the outside world. But now it's like with twenty four seven business and globalization and like five G, like there's Wi Fi everywhere. It's like even if you go on vacation, like you're gonna like do some kind of work or you're going to get a contact. You're going to go on social media or mm -hmm. something like it's so mm -hmm. hard to fully unplug now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, finding those little breaks from it, uh, moving the apps off the main page or whatever you got to do. I've found that. So on my movement parallels life, uh, Instagram account, I purposely, you know, just keep, I, I don't follow a lot of other accounts because I'm just there to post. So I make sure that I'm not continually, there's not content always emerging in my feed because then I would be scrolling it all the time. So it's just little, little, little ways to try to, to limit how we fall down those rabbit holes, I think is very important, but I'm just realizing what a, what a fine line it is to, to have that <laughs> presence, but also not be overwhelmed by constantly being on social media. Yeah, you don't have that issue, Matt. You don't really use it. I don't. I yeah. but I'm in grad school right now, so I'm probably on computers more than both of you guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that's, like, that's probably that's, true. yeah. It's crazy. Like I'm I'm in grad school right now, and I'm going. I'm using my GI Bill, and I got a year left, so I'm trying to cram a two year program into a year. So I'm taking okay. max classes, wow. and um, I'm learning a ton, and you know I'm, I'm going for healthcare administration, so I'm studying the the system, and it's it's crazy. But I've realized how unhealthy this much like schoolwork is and I'm getting a lot oh. done. I'm, I'm learning a lot, but physically I'm like, I wake up and I go right into it and I'm like, I wake up and I sit <laughs> and I'm on the computer and I'm, I'm just writing all these papers. And I think that's something that we really need to 
address in our healthcare system is the negative impacts that it has on the body. And coming from a MoveNet perspective and a health and wellness, because I'm a holistic lifestyle coach, so I understand all these factors. And now I'm going through this stressful situation. I'm like, dang, it's taking a toll. Like I can really feel it. And it's only been a year, but like people go their whole careers in this mindset. And I'm like, dang, it's crazy. Mm. That's why I really think that health and like the movement stuff that you teach is a crucial part of health and wellness that our system doesn't acknowledge. And it, to me, like someone like you almost has more credibility than a doctor <laughs> as a, as a health and wellness person. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really big issue. I think that more people need to realize how important movement is. Yeah. It's difficult too. Like that's, that's the reality for most of us at one point or another uh, that, you know, we're going to be sitting, we're going to be staring at screens. We're going to be, um, we're, we're, we're going to be having to forego some movement and get, and that's a sacrifice. Um, so I just, again, I, I want to give people easily accessible ways to get moving, not with this agenda of like getting shredded or, you know, yeah. burning a ton of extra calories or whatever, but simply because even just five minutes of movement to break up that, um, hour that you're sitting at a desk is so important. Um, and it's so easy to overlook as well. It's so easy to wake up, get immediately into the grind and just spend all day working. Mm. Uh, and usually that work isn't, I mean, it's not like max productivity either. You know, we, we, we only have so much good work in, in a day, but most of us just kind of sit down and we get stuck in it and it takes, Mm -hmm. uh, it takes reminders to get your ass up, go move for five minutes without the need to have it be a workout, but you just, just to move and to understand the Mm -hmm. health benefits, um, that that can have as a starting point. But most people kind of vacillate between, you know, being, is stuck in their chair to, you know, chasing these high level, high intensity fitness goals. And, you know, I just want to help bridge that gap because with that's a huge gap between those two, 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 two endeavors. And that's where a lot of injuries happen. A lot of chronic pain happens a lot of where kind of the myths of aging kind of come become reality Mm -hmm. you know oh i'm feeling old my back hurts i didn't do anything and now i threw out my back or my shoulder or my whatever it's it's going from sedentary to playing catch up on fitness um you know can we have more of a gradient there between yeah there's going to be some times where you're sedentary but can you have more time where you're you know just kind of moving at a low to moderate intensity and then some occasional times where you're getting after it and and you're earning the right to get after it because you're actually taking care of your body in a more holistic more com- complete and balanced way well yeah and you could i mean i'll have people I have a I have a good amount of friends with back pain. Like, there's a lot of people with back pain. And they're like, oh, what do I do? I'm like, if you're gonna watch a movie, sit on the floor. Like, sit on the floor, put your feet up on a chair, lay on your back or something. I'm like, there's so many things you can do. Is like the couch and the chair, 
the thing that you're using to be like, oh, my back hurts. Let me sit in this. I'm like, that's the thing that's making your back hurt. <laughs> like that, like that's the thing that's giving you back pain. And it's it's just repeating those cycles of like the you know the, like the quote of like insanity. Like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Like people are doing that all the time with pain. I'm like yeah. the 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 way you're moving and living that created the pain is what you're still doing and you're it's just it's this vicious cycle i'm like so just break the cycle like sit like i think sitting on the floor and just spending more time on the ground is one of the best things you could do for your posture and your back and your hips and your shoulder like everything really it's very simple strategies very unsexy simple strategies (laughs) stuff that's sitting right in front of our face but and because we're so close to it we can't see it until there's attention drawn to it. And it, 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 again, this is where like the psychology comes into play. It's really your mindset. It's how you, how you learn to see the world. Um, it's challenging this definition of what normal is. Um, because for most of us, normal there, um, comes at a great cost to our health. Normal causes us to decline and degrade in our health as we get older, um, you know, starting at like 25 or 30, moving on. But if we redefine what normal movement habits are, what normal eating habits are, what normal um, uh, healthy adaptive relationships are, uh, to redefine, norm, create a new normal for these aspects can really improve our longevity and quality of life um, tremendously. But it's just so, yeah, it, it's so simple, but it requires work. It requires consistency and it's tough because you could be the only person in your, your family unit or your social circle, your community. You could be one of the only people that, you know, has these kind of alternative views. And that's very psychologically, that's very difficult to be an outlier like that. Uh, Even if it is in the best interest Mm -hmm. of, of your health, it's hard to go against the grain. So uh, I really can appreciate the, the, the many challenges physically, the strategies aren't anything special. It doesn't need to be complicated. It's, simple stuff here the hard part is shifting the mindset uh, and yeah I, I i my hope is that as a community you know we can start normalizing some of these things that are just you know really weird right now crawling around climbing trees going barefoot uh fasting uh you know all of these uh, all of these practices that kind of align with these different movement communities that are that are existing right now yeah, the the normal, the new normal is like completely different. So a, a child grows up seeing unhealthy parents, seeing unhealthy classmates, unhealthy teachers. They sit all day. He's like, oh, this is how humans live. This is how I, I should be. And then they go to doctors and like doctors are telling them certain things. And so the new normal is extremely unhealthy. And so I could definitely see like what you said, it's difficult to break out of that mold and to try and start eating different foods and to do handstands and crawl around on the floor. People are going to be like, what the hell is this guy doing? Like <laughs> running around barefoot, taking your shoes off, like going in the sun and standing there. It's like, those are not normal to many people, but to people like us in our communities, it's normal, but we're mm-hmm. a small percentage. Well, I, I remember when I was in high school, so you know, like 12, 13 years ago or something like that, 
it like wasn't it wasn't cool to be healthy. You know, it was like looked down upon like oh like why are you eating a salad? Like why don't you have some pizza or whatever? I'm like <laughs> what? Like well like like thinking back, you know, in the moment at the time like I didn't really think anything of it, but looking back on it and knowing that that was like a memetic in the school, like this is bizarre. Like this is so bizarre that it's not cool to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And that and you know, and it's still I still see it today with a lot of people. Like yeah. you know, like oh, I'm like the oddball because like I make my own lunch. I'm like what? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and and I, I do I do look at I I look at, you know, what what is not cool or undesirable about about the mainstream fitness industry and I think there's a lot there that is not cool at all. Mm-hmm. So that's another another challenge here is that we're not if they're not going from like one paradigm to another. Um, this, you know, I mean, kind of the expectation is you have to create a, 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 a healthy version of normal for yourself. There's no one way to do it. And it doesn't mean that all the habits that exist in the mainstream or, or that we, the things that we have been taught are, are wrong and need to be refined. But, you know, we just, I, I think like many of us have experienced through these different movement uh, disciplines, practices. It's just a matter of becoming aware of one or two new habits at a time and starting to implement them. But um, uh, we often want to know what the blueprint is. We want to know like, what's the way? And I want to go all in on the new thing. And it's just a recipe for burnout. But, um, you know, I think it can be un- just as unhealthy to try to chase optimal health and be one of those people that is just tracking everything and managing everything in their diet and trying to strive to the, the, the myth of perfect health and, um, and existing Mm -hmm. without these stressors. And that's just unrealistic and exhausting. So can we just do the best that we can do with, our current situation, everyone's got a different story, a different life situation, but how can we just continually strive to be more aware and do a little bit better with every, every day, every passing week, every year, um, just looking for opportunities to improve how we're taking care of ourselves in these different ways, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Uh, it's not an easy task. It requires, uh, consistent vigilance consistent asking of questions and researching and conversations but uh again this is why you know i try to emphasize make it low-key make it fun and engaging and something to be excited about as opposed to another another task uh another thing to add to the to-do list yeah i think whenever you like hyper focus or when you like put so much attention in one element of health, like if you put all your efforts into your physical health, then like mental and emotional health go down. But if all, or if you like, sure. all you do is if, if you spend nine months in a, in a monastery and you focus all on your spiritual health, like your physical health will probably go down. Like you'll probably lose some muscle mass, <laughs> like, you know? And so it's like, it's that fine balance and mindfulness of like, okay, I'm going to put 30% into physical health today, 30% in spiritual health. And then I need 40% or yeah, forty percent in uh, relational health. Like I'm gonna go spend time with my girl today because I haven't been with her. Or, you know, it's like it's like being aware of all the different factors of health. Yeah, and you can't put all your eggs in one basket. And and to me, intuition is 
trusting that you're going to cover those bases through awareness to be aware of these different aspects of health. All right. I've got to get my movement in. I've got to, um, you know, challenge my body a bit. I've got to challenge my brain. I've got to take care of my, um, my relationships. I've got to have alone time and time to, to Mm -hmm. recharge. You think about all these different facets of what completes the picture of ideal health for us uh, individually, and then habits to address those aspects and understand that on any given day, you don't have to like plan out, plan your day down to the minute and to have such, um, you know, these percentages that we assign to these aspects of health can be mm-hmm. managed intuitively. So you can start to think about it like, all right, well, I'm going to allocate exactly. 20% here, 30% here, uh, 40% here. But over the course of time, as you build these habits and you find what works for you, then that the you're you're gonna you're gonna create a balance. You're gonna address all the issues of health. Mm-hmm. Are all the aspects of health in a way that's very holistic without having it be so ha- having it to require so much bandwidth it, it just the way that you live your life is going to address health um, and when you start to get out of balance mm-hmm. you can feel it you can sense it and you can look at your life take inventory and make some adjustments and to me that's what intuition is it's the ability to manage all those pieces in a way that's uh, you know very very organic very uh, it's just based on feel and sensing takes time for sure so how, how does somebody yeah yeah so how, how does somebody cultivate that awareness or create that mindset shift like what have you seen in your your clients or people you've worked with what was the thing that was able to, you know, really flip that switch for them? So they're like, "Oh, okay, like I need to start be like cultivating the in, the intuition and their awareness." Um. Well, obviously, I'm. I movement is my vehicle. Movement is the vehicle that I use to help people create change. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, all of the things that I teach are kind of mapped out. Um, as far as where I like to start and where we like to take it and how we grow this practice. That's the easy part. But what I find uh, before that, I spoke to the the need to kind of shift the mindset away from, um, away from set exercise, away from competition, away from, you know, just purely chasing goals and getting back to a mindset of being curious and being playful and um, really uh, being present with the process. So I just start with a daily movement practice. I know that if I can get people to get on the ground and move in some diverse ways and make it playful, make it fun, and make it a low time investment, 15 to 30 minutes, um, that that's a behavior that is going to perpetuate other positive behaviors. And if we couple that with, you know, just taking time to reflect, process, and just enjoy what you're doing, um, you can, you can start to grow your awareness and see where there's opportunities to, um, 
you know, keep making those small but impactful changes. So really, I like to get people to, to just start being consistent with their movement again and starting to view view it less as exercise and a workout and more as practice, more as time that you're spending on taking care of your body, um, self-care, if you will, and uh, and the importance of really embracing that mindset of I'm doing something to take care of myself. That's a positive thing and just let it be a positive thing. And through consistency, the positive benefits just tend to spiral from there. Eating changes. Um, and then, you know, some more, some of the deeper layers start, start, getting tapped into how we relate, how we talk to ourselves, how we relate to other people, how we approach our work, our overall ability to manage stress and, um, and, and, and find joy and happiness in our lives. Like these are the things that stem from, um, healthy, adaptive behaviors. And I just like to start with movement. It's an easy place to, to begin. Mm. Yeah, I definitely think that, health like or movement should be the foundation of health you know if you're taking prescriptions and you're getting surgery and you're going to the doctor but you're not moving it's like you're never going to truly be healthy you know like you got to have that ability to to start your day with some active movements and like you said i think from there it just kind of triggers more good habits along the way it's like oh i just i just did some movement i'm probably going to eat a little bit healthier like i'm not going to go straight for starbucks donuts or whatever mm-hmm. you know you're gonna and and then you have a healthy movement practice and you have a healthy breakfast, you have healthy relationships, and then you slowly start to cultivate a health mindset. Exactly. That's and beautiful. And versus someone who says like, all right, I got to go crush a, 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 wad. a super, super hard wad or a run. <laughs> and then you get done with that and you're exhausted and your, your energy levels are depleted and your body is then craving a bunch of sugar or like, yeah. And, and I then you're carbs. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So then you, you know, like I earned this and then, you know, you, you just kind of get back in that cycle versus saying like, what if I just go for a walk? Okay. I went for yeah. a walk. Oh, I feel energized. I feel light. Like, all right, I want to, I want to have like a, a light, fresh lunch and like make good choices. And then like to just slowly let good choices compound on each other. But we make that jump mm-hmm. to like, ah, I've got to do something. I, I've got to scratch this itch because I feel lazy and I feel unaccomplished. Yeah. I got to do something hard and learning to slow down and embrace the, the full process um, and find that synergy, that, uh, that positive upward spiral that comes from making good decisions. Um, that is, uh, that's the challenge. That's, that's, that's the, the, the slow, but steady, the consistency that's required. Uh, that's the answer that most people don't want to hear, but that's the answer that, you know, that again, is so obvious it's easy to overlook. We want to, we want to make it harder. We want to make it something more, you know, worthy of, uh, you know, of, 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 of a movie or something like that. It, it, but it's not, it's just being consistent and, you know, just keep doing the little things that you can do to take care of yourself. But, you know, normally we got to like, you know, we, we, we instead opt to push too hard, push to burnout, burnout to, and it's a constant cycle. Yeah, and I I don't think like psychologically that's very healthy. It's like you're almost like punishing yourself or trying to make up for something, and instead of just like going with the flow and being natural. 
But that's why I have so much respect totally. for traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurveda because part of their healthcare system is like Qigong and yoga. It's like doctors back then would prescribe you like exercises and prescribe you yoga postures where now doctors don't do any of that. You know, it's just like prescriptions, medication, especially for people with mental and emotional issues. Like to give someone drugs for their psychological issues is just going to create more issues. I feel like, mm -hmm. you know, but movement, sun, um, working out with other people like that's the missing link. I feel like that many people don't acknowledge or recognize. And how do we even get people now who are used yeah. to this healthcare system, which is very reactive? You wait for mm -hmm. something to break down and then you go get help. Yeah. How, you know, how do we even get people out of that mindset into thinking uh, more proactively and, and how to take care of their, their health and fitness in a more holistic way? And it's really challenging because we've compartmentalized everything. We've, for the longest time, said, well, you exercise this amount and you just, you know, go on a piece of cardio equipment and you plug away and, <laughs> Uh, take these pills if you have high blood pressure or you know whatever your whatever your issue is. Um, how do we get people thinking about the you know the the interconnection between our mind, body, and emotions? How do we get people thinking about the interconnection between their thoughts and their behaviors and habits and their future? I mean, it's a big ask when our culture doesn't speak about life in such a holistic way but everything is really geared towards you know just getting you back on track to do more work um and you know oh get you right to the edge of burnout and then give you a week-long vacation and then get right back into it and you know it's like we got some big challenges yeah. to address which is why you know i really want to encourage the individual to take a hard look at life and it and you know, maybe it's to start to question where is there an opportunity to take a little bit more space away from work, away from the grind, and to slow down and just be open to what might be accessible in that stillness. That's really hard because it's like, well, who knows? Um, but you you never know unless you take the opportunity to slow down and you know maybe try to reset and recalibrate the the uh, way life runs. Uh, big challenges, but I think they're worthy of discussion, worthy of checking in, worthy of journaling about, worthy of having you know long conversations with good friends over you know some beers or some coffee to sort this stuff out to normalize it. Well, and I think one of the big variables that contributes to you know the problem that you put forth is our education system. It, without kids even realizing it, you're you're taught to look at things compartmentalized. You're taught to be like, yeah. this is English class. This is history class. This is math. Whereas when you get further down the line and you start to look in like interpersonal or inter, interdisciplinary thinking and like consilient thinking, that's when you start to see like, oh, how does math feed music? And how is music part of math? And I'm like, how can I use English to better inform me about the way history is written? And the way, you know, like, how do you start to use all these different subject matters interconnectedly? And our education system doesn't teach that aspect of it. It doesn't even address that. I don't remember ever addressing it. It was something that I had to learn outside of your typical education system. And yeah. if you had more of that interdisciplinary thinking just on whatever you're into, 
then your your life becomes more integrated. Then you start yeah. the integration as opposed to, you know, separation. You, mean you talk about environments, like you're literally going from one box to the next as you, you know, mm-hmm. navigate your day in high school. And, mm-hmm. you know, it just continues to, th- th- there isn't a discussion of the overlap and it's really gearing you towards, uh, you know, just jumping through these hoops to get to the world of work. Um, and, and yeah, I, and so it, it's no, no wonder that fitness is very similar. You know, like I go to my yoga class on Tuesdays and Thursdays and I go to my strength training class on uh, Fridays and I have my personal trainer on Mondays and Wednesdays. And, you know, we just start to compartmentalize these different aspects rather than looking at like, how do we bring this all into, um, a package that is interesting and um, and can can find a balance between taking care of our body, res- restoration, and then performance, pushing the body to you know maybe achieve some something at a higher level. And I think that you know it's that balance that I really you know think could serve most people. Mm. Um, That's beautiful. Well, brother, I have, I've, you know, on a wrap up pretty soon here, but I have two questions, two more questions, and I don't know if Matt has any. Um, no, go ahead and ask yours. Okay, yeah. So on on that side of like performance and goals and everything, what do, do you have anything specifically that you're working towards right now that is like a, you know, you want to kind of flex on or talk about? <laughs> um. <laughs> As far as what I'm, what how I'm moving, and what's interesting to me right now. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, uh, not really. Um, uh, like I said, I'm just really looking forward to entering into a new season. Summertime, springtime, mm. summertime is is here, and gives me the opportunity to completely, you know, just get a, a fresh look on my fitness. And so, with that comes a lot more playground time, a lot more walking and running, Mm. um, getting out. And so a lot of in summer times, I do a lot of uh, work on the gymnastics rings. I do a lot of throwing and catching Mm. uh, and, and a lot of different like flow work. Um, So that's just kind of what, what, what's coming up in the, in the, the summertime season for me. And I couldn't be happier about it to get some sunshine and feel the breeze and uh, just a much more low key practice. And this is just a, just a cycle in the year. It's just one that's a little bit more pleasant for me. So mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm glad you framed it that way. I think it's important to have that context of like, it can just be a practice. There doesn't yeah. need to be this like, yeah, yeah I, I have to accomplish this. I have to do, 400 muscle ups or whatever. (laughs) And it's not, it's not that it's not that I'm not trying to get better, but the year goes by and I go through these different cycles and these different phases in how I like to train my body and move. And every passing year, I'm trying to add new layers, go a little bit deeper, understand Mm. these movements a little bit more. And, and I'm, I'm trusting that my presence and my consistency is going to yield progress rather than me constantly chasing, okay, I've got this goal and I'm going to, you know, take a, you know, a hard line and get there as fast as possible. Um, it's not that I don't want to grow, but I, I just stay consistent and trust that the growth happens from that consistency. 
Mm. That's awesome. That's a good Love way it. to look at it. So it's like refining your movement. Um, mm-hmm. What year about business-wise or projects? Yeah. What uh, what yeah. business or project? What's going on with that? Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited to uh, have uh, kind of an extension from my YouTube channel where I offer a bunch of free videos um, uh, available on my website. I've got a monthly subscription access to kind of my premium content. So workouts, training programs, guided practices. Uh, so anyone who loves my YouTube videos can get much more of kind of my primal movement perspective. Um, over on my website, movementparallelslife.com. So I'm really excited to have that platform now to be set up with all different types of um, educational content and videos where people can keep growing their movement practice. So I'm stoked for that. And, um, you know, I also do on, I'm available for online coaching. So that's just a great opportunity to work with other movement weirdos who really want to go take a deep dive and put the pieces together because like I said, at the end of the day, this isn't about, there's no one way to be fit, but it's about creating a, a lifestyle and a, uh, an approach that works for you as an individual. So, uh, I love working with, uh, people who are into movement and even people who coach, um, you know, just to figure out like how to make this stuff really pop. Um, and, uh, yeah, so those are the two things that I'm most stoked about right now. Uh, my, my, monthly subscription and my online coaching opportunities. Hell yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. And our our last question that we ask everyone, I think we maybe miss one person. Most people get this (laughs) question. Um, What's one practice or book or teaching or documentary, anything that you'd recommend somebody look into to immediately improve their day, week or year? Hmm. Well, we've been talking uh, about play today. So um, I think one of the, I think play is so powerful, but the problem with play is the word play. And we often dismiss it as something kids do and something that has no value. So um, if I were to recommend one book to, you know, help drive this mindset shift and really encapsulate the power of play. Um, it would be the book Play uh, by Dr. Stuart Brown. So be a good, a, a good, a, a good entry point. Because again, the movements themselves don't have to be complicated. Yeah, we can really like, you know, you know, get really complex in programming and how we're putting all this stuff together. But it, it, when it starts, it should be simple and playful. And in order to get there, I think it's really important to understand why, what play is, what the conditions are, and why it's so beneficial for us. So check out the book Play by Dr. Stuart Brown uh, because it, 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 can, it can be that thing that just changes, flips your mindset, and helps you com- uh, you know, completely change your approach to fitness. Yeah, we'll definitely point people in that direction and throw the link up. Yep. And yeah, thank you so much, Callan, for coming on today. Definitely went over over some cool topics. And for anyone listening, Callan is a true movement Jedi. Oh, yeah. And I'm really honored (laughs) to have learned from him. And yeah, seeing him move and seeing how he teaches and coaches, it's, it's pretty powerful. So 
yeah, yeah. definitely check out. His Look work. into his work, and I, my fiance and I, you know, we'll use your YouTube videos like fairly often. Oh yeah, we'll put them on and like do a, like a follow along practice. Awesome! I just posted a new one today, so you guys should check oh, it out. Oh hell yeah! Um, yeah, <laughs> let's go. Cool. Really uh, appreciate you guys having me on. It's been great to catch up with you, and you know, thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, thanks, brother. Yep. Have appreciate a good one. It.